The national championship game is over. Michigan wins by multiple scores. What's one of the biggest takeaways? Michael Penix Jr. is not QB3 of the 2024 NFL Draft. Where does he land? Stock up, stock down. We're going to talk about all of this and more coming up next. You are locked on NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on X at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout and a senior draft analyst. And thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Shout out for being our everydayers. But I got to kick this introduction over to my brother, my partner in crime, Mr. LSU himself, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on X at The Talent Code. Keep talking to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, 2019 national champ. With those LSU Tigers, man, here to bring you championship-level content surrounding the NFL Draft 24-7, 365 with DP. We have a national championship recap, man, where we're talking reactionary stuff. We're talking stock up, stock down, but you know we're kicking this thing off with Michael Penix, DP. We have to talk about Michael Penix, right? Is he QB 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, man? That performance, everybody's talking about what? Pressure, man, and we know that pressure will be there in the NFL, so we're going to get into that conversation, but I want to tell our everydayers, man, shout out to our everydayers. Thank you for tapping in with us, and man, why don't you go ahead and hit that like button because I'm telling you right now, this is a good show. And then we tell you, halfway through the show, man, make sure you comment. At, at the end of turn of every segment, make sure you drop a comment. We talk back. We like talking to you guys, man. If you're not subscribed to the channel, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. But DP, before we get this thing started, man, because I'm ready to talk Michael Penix, why don't you hit him with our title sponsor? This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Michael Penix Jr., Keith, coming into this game, and I and I tweeted it out, you know, because because I saw all the takes. They they whoop, you know, he 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 has a elite game right against texas everybody says whoa you guys are crazy he's got to be qb3 over Jaden daniels over all the other quarterbacks some people said man you know what he might be qb2 over over drake may and now people kind of walking those statements back he's not qb3 and for me he never was it was always Jaden daniels but he's still my qb4 but keith that was not a great performance he missed some open he missed open receivers he had he had it was just so not, and I put in my scouting report over at the draftnetwork.com that he does struggle with pressure. And we talked about it. Michigan, not just getting pressure in his face, but then moving him off the spot. Michael Penning Jr. is a kind of, he's right now in, in this version of him. He's a throwback pocket passer who does have enough straight line mobility, you know what I mean? To get you five to 10 to 12 yards. But he's not going to Jaden Daniels you. He's not going to Lamar Jackson you. And just watching that game, my initial reaction was like, man, did he lose money? Potentially. But I think now my biggest reaction was the QB3 discussion, I think is a case closed now, Keith. 
All right, and, and I'm I'm you know what I'm gonna do to that case, DP. I'm gonna open it right back up, baby. We about to have this conversation, DP. We about to have this talk because then I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. Let's I'm, I'm gonna walk out every day is through it, and let's have this conversation. That's why we're here, right? Draft stuff that is not black and white. There's a whole lot of gray area, right? And if you're not laying in bed at ten o'clock at night thinking about things and questioning stuff and reevaluating your process, right? Then you're not doing this right. And, and DP, this is the thing. When I watched Michael Penix, right? You know who I thought of? Or just the, the simple conversation. This is not a comparison at all. Two totally different body types. Had two career trajectories, everything else, right? I thought of two attacks of a lower DP. And the reason I thought about that was because the same conversation applies to Tua to where people say that, hey, when you pressure him, when you make, when you force him to do out of structure things, things don't look right, right? You see forced throws. You see things um, to where he, he doesn't look fluid. But when he's in rhythm, right? When, every, when everything is operating right, when he's playing in the structure of the play, getting through progression one, two, possibly three, right? It looks beautiful, right? Just natural throw of the football, both left-handed quarterbacks. So I had that thought, DP. And, and the thing is this, Tua was a, what, top five, top 10 pick, but obviously mm-hmm. he had a, a way different resume than what Michael Penix will have coming out. But then this is the other conversation, DP, that we said that, listen, Michael Penix and I'm, and I'm throwing stuff out there because I think this is this is I think it's only responsible to have these type of conversations if we're going to do the draft conversation. Right. Is that this that how many quarterbacks we say that Michael Penix doesn't look good under pressure. Right. How many quarterbacks look great under pressure like that? That I, I want to ask that part. Right. Like how many quarterbacks look great under pressure? And I'm going to come. I told you I'm about to shake the table. DP. I'm going to shake the table today. Um, Jaden Daniels. I would say this, man, the best team that he's faced right this year was Alabama right and he played fairly mediocre in that game right it was not a great game for him and and this is no knock to Jaden Daniels I'm gonna wrap this thing up Drake May DP Drake May is 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 quarterback two entrenched as quarterback two um Michael Penix has thrown for 36 touchdowns Jaden Daniels has went for 40 touchdowns Drake May is walking into quarterback two conversations with 24 touchdowns, DP. Both of those guys have eclipsed almost 5,000 yards, talking about Michael Penix and Jaden Daniels. Drake May has barely touched 3,500 yards. And I I just, I want to throw all of those things out there because I want to have the conversation, right? Like, is is it, where, where are we with the quarterbacks in totality? Do all of these guys have some type of holes in their game and we still believe that Michael Penix is quarterback four or five like what what is that like why are we when are we going to shake the table with the Drake May conversation and and you evaluate him and that's what I wanted to talk about it is where do we find silence because the people that just look at the box score and you compare them you're going to say okay something is not like the other right this is not adding up so I wanted to kind of leave it right there and have that conversation of the Drake May Jane Daniels pressure where's the production from Drake May, Michael Penix falling off? Are we being overly critical? Like, wh- where do we fall with the whole conversation? I think, because, you know, I have, you know, Michael Penix and Drake May in my region. Uh, yep. So, like, one of the things that I, you know, and, of course, I watched Jaden Daniels as well. And one of the, thing, the thing that separates those guys in terms of Daniels and, and May is when things broke down, they were still able to make plays, right? Like, even with Jaden Daniels, like, against Bama, he, he, like, he was kind of up and down as a passer in that game. But we saw him like gassed him for big play after big play with his legs. Mm-hmm. Where you look at Michael Penix, once you start getting pressure on him, uh-huh. he starts like he, he he turns into a fadeaway jump shooter. Doesn't where have he's a, leaning back. 
is it safe to say I, I found it when I was especially watching the national championship game was having an answer for the pressure. Yes. Yep. He 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 doesn't have like when you're playing Monopoly, that like get out of jail free card. Michael Penix doesn't have that. You know what I mean? To be able to improvise. Same thing with Drake May. Drake May is able to do that. And, and for me, where I find solace was like I saw Michael Penix in this Washington offense with like NFL talent all around him, right? Especially got left tackle, you know, Troy Fontenot with a first round grade for me. Roma Dunze is one of my top 12 prospects on my big board. One of my, one of my top graded prospects as well. Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan, their grades are going to be coming in within the next couple of days. I wanted to get this game so I could really see them against, you know, more, you know, better uh, def- defensive backs. Mm-hmm. And to watch how he struggled last night, in terms of Michael Penix, I would hate to watch him in that North Carolina offense with a bad offensive line with no, especially for like six games without Tez Walker, no true number one wide receiver. Like it just was so much incomplete with that team. We don't, I don't even think we talk about Michael Penix the same because he didn't have, he wouldn't have had the ball winners. You know what I mean? You know, that, that, that he had it at, at, at uh, Washington in North Carolina, where I think you put Drake May in, in the, uh, and Washington's offense, he cooks and has similar numbers and probably it has more rushing production as well because he's a little, he's a better athlete, a better improvisational uh, runner of the football. So I think that's where it is for me where, yeah, for me, the case is close. He's QB. He's going to be my QB four unless, you know, I got to go. I got to go through the eval completely with Cam Ward. And then we really got to have a discussion. You know what I mean? To see, and, all right, what's up with Cam Ward? Ward? And it should, should I value him and his potential ceiling Another guy who can create for his for himself. Because when I look at Michael Penix, I'm starting to feel like I gotta put you in the best possible situations. And like we talked about on our bonus episode yesterday, I don't like to have to do that. I don't want well, okay, to have right. Uh, and, and my question is, and just like with the ceiling of floor conversation, is the ceiling a Tua a Philip Rivers? Because we've heard all every comment. Now listen, I think we're not gonna throw out ceiling is Geno I, Smith. Listen, okay, Geno Smith. Okay, I, I like the, it. In the, in the, the, the Seattle Seahawks version, not the one before that. Yeah, this but, last two years, I think that's where you get it. But but it's important, right, to identify what Geno Smith was the other eight years, also. Correct. Right. When, Correct. No. When, good when point. In a bad situation, so that's what I kept thinking about DP when I was watching the national championship game. I was like, yeah, I, I get it, the pressure part, right, and it's bad. But you you know how I am, right? It's like, okay, what what can you get out of the quarterback? Because like we said, it's probably as as Critical we are as critical as we are of the quarterbacks. How many quarterbacks are drafted in the first round in the NFL? There's still only twelve good ones, right? There's still only twelve good quarterbacks. As crazy as it sounds, so you sometimes you can't take them for granted, right? Like you can't no. take the guys that can throw the football for granted. But DP, man, I want to keep this thing going and flowing because we're talking about national championship reaction. We're talking about what are the biggest takeaways, man? And we want to jump into this stock up conversation, right? Stock up, stock down conversation. Now, and it's probably going to be heavily Michigan loaded, right? And we want to get into this Michigan offense, man, because they had some explosive runs, right, by some running backs we wasn't expected. And then they had some defensive players make a lot of plays. So coming up next, man, we're going to get into this stock up, stock down conversation. Just a few weeks ago, guys, we were wrapping Christmas presents. Now we have wrapped up the NFL regular season and we're heading into the playoffs. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 bet. New customers get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like 
their lives. Same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. Guys, and so much, I mean so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first better layup. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first better layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Talk about the stock market opening up after the national championship game, Keith, and a stock that is up. And, and I tweeted about them yesterday. You want to start with offense. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with defense real quick, Keith. And that's Mike Sanristil, the cornerback, former mm-hmm. wide receiver who played, I think, his first two years with, with, um, with Michigan. Was He was playing wide receiver, but My he plays receiver. the nickel cornerback position for them now. And, and and he had a big interception to really ice the game last night. This young man is arguably the best nickel corner in the 2024 NFL draft class. A guy that's instinctive. That that experience of playing wide receiver, he uses that to his to his advantage. He knows how to leverage routes and how to squat and sit and drive. Right? He knows how to read the hips and and and, and the core. You know, because you can use you can move your head, your shoulders, your feet, your toes, but your core is never going to move as as a person, right? So he knows all the different ways to read a receiver to dictate. Okay, are they breaking down? Is this a slant coming? Is this is is this a a slugger? What what's on the way? Right? He's able to do those things, take away something to chase something. This young man just plays really good football, and he's tough, right? He's tough. He's physical. Uh, even though he's only five ten, let's say like one eighty. We got 180 pounds, man. I, I just feel like his stock is up. I'm not saying that he's going to be a first, second round pick or anything because I think he's going to be more slot specific in the NFL. But with teams living around like 75 to 80 percent of the time in nickel nowadays, you need you a really good nickel. And you think about Mike, I think it's Mike Hilton for the Cincinnati Bengals, who used to be with the Steelers, a guy that blitzes well. He pressures the quarterback. He plays, man. He drops off in zone. He makes plays on the ball. That's what I look. That's what I think about with Mike uh, Sandra Still, this young man's stock is up for me, Keith. Yeah, I, I mean, he he played well, right? And he he made a lot of key plays in that game. DP, I'm gonna go with this. You you went to the the, the the third level, right? I'm gonna stop at the second level and talk about a couple of second level defenders, and that's Jalen Harrow and Junior Cosa. Man, he, these are guys that I, I feel like they they're almost like the glue. Right. And in the sense of the fact of that they're that second level, they have to play the run well, but also make plays in the passing game. Right. And they kind of keep the rest of this thing, the the, the defense fluid. Right. Like they, they kind of hold the thing together. And what you've seen in that game against Washington, they, they I felt like they showcased as pretty much do it all type guys. Right. Especially Jalen Harrell being able to get after the quarterback. Right. Make a couple of big time tackles, but then also get in some passing lanes and be able to disrupt some stuff. And then you, you talk about Junior Coach, and I, I, I just feel like he's an unsung hero. When I watch him, I, I see every bit of a NFL starting linebacker. Um, so teams that need a linebacker, I think he's going to be on their board. Is he? Is it a bunch of flashy plays? No, but I think it's solid plays, it's high IQ plays. So that was the two guys for me when I talk about the, the second level of the defense, DP, with Michigan. Uh, we know who the starter shows was, right? And none of those guys are draft eligible. It's no. both, 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 both sophomores, DP, uh, real quick. And we'll talk about them for the 2025 NFL draft. But Mason Graham, but yeah. also Kenneth Grant, right? Kenneth like, I'm really like, yeah. God, dog. And, he, and they're bullies, too. Like, you see them talking trash to Michael Penix after he hits them, right? And, like, hey, I'm keep I'm going to keep on coming. And you just see those two big boys, and you're like, yeah, Michigan going to be a problem for a couple years, man. No, 100%. Mason Graham, 6'3", 318, 
Um, you know, what I mean, when, when you think about um, Jalen Harrell, 6'4", 242, big Kenneth Grant, 6'3", 340. Like, you know, like it, the, the Junior Colson, Keith, you know, 6'3", 250, athleticism. You saw him be able to, to track the ball on the outside. Uh, I think it was a play where they the, the the running back thought it wasn't Dylan Johnson, but I think it was the other the freshman. He thought he was going to be clear going into the flats by himself. And Junior Colson works across the, the wash, just works through traffic and the speed from the get to the middle of the field to the sideline and track the ball, be there and be in the face of the running back. He he does so many different things well, but it's just crazy because again, you know, as we know. Nobody cares about linebackers at the time, but you need to, you know what I mean? Because you, you feel like, you know, they, they, they're the running backs of the defense, man. We, 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 we play in their face way too much. And I think th those young men, you know, especially a guy that can do the different things that Junior Colson can do. And I yep. just, I can't wait to, for him to be fully healthy, Keith, and not have that club on his hand. Then it's like, all right, let's see what he, well, you know, you guys can really see what he's capable of when he has two working hands uh, at his disposal and not one with a club. But like, Keith, I, I think, um, you know, you think about the guard, you know, this this team ran the ball so well, especially early. And Trevor Keegan, man, I, I can't wait to get into his film and really be able to grade him. They're one of their guards, this is at 6'6", 320, they were moving. Now, Washington was playing kind of a, a very odd-looking front. It was small. The splits were wide. And I'm just like, I tweeted that. I'm like, man, as a former running back, I love it, okay? I love it. Because I know that my guys can double team and climb to the to the second level with ease, right? And they were doing that. They were moving guys, the pin pull, the the power action, the GH counters. They were doing like Michigan did their thing. That offensive line played very very well, right? And, and for me, Keegan was big in that. Uh, Carson Barnhart, six five three, uh, sixteen, the right tackle had a good game. Two guys who didn't give up a pressure hurry, hit, or a sack at all. And then, of course, you know, one of the better centers in college football, at, you know, Drake Nugent at 6'2", 301 pounds, only giving them, I think, just a hurry for the entire game and, and you know, pressure. But they they were great in the run game. They were good in pass pro. Um, so I, I think there's those guys' stocks are up because at the end of the day, Keith, this is a loaded offensive line group. And I feel like with these guys entering the draft, because they're I think they're all seniors, that's big because for teams that will miss out on those guys in the first round, you evaluate them, you feel like they fit your scheme, you'll be able to get them day two, and some of them probably on day three. Yep, no, and I want to ask you real quick. We talked about Blake Coleman pre uh pre the national championship game. So I, I you know, obviously our listeners know how we feel about Blake steady Eddie, right? Gonna get the job done, you know exactly what you're getting out of him. But yep. and the guy that kind of set the tone early, right, was Donovan Edwards, man. And if you've been Finally. listening to us. From the summertime, right? Like he was one of my pound the table guys. He was a guy that I was trying to call my shot on in Michigan. I, I don't know DP. Michigan says, look, you're a pretty good athlete. You show any type of um, what is that? In any type of promise, we're not gonna give you the football, right? The, the Roman Wilsons, the Cornelius Johnsons, JJ McCarthy doesn't get to throw the football, Donovan Edwards, right? It's 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 crazy. I want to ask you this. Where are you with Donovan Edwards quickly as far as does hit does the needle move for him for you for him or are you still kind of I'm a little bit hesitant on on his situation because I, I thought at the very least DP the way he runs and I, I, I don't want to say this one but like at the very least he can provide you some flashes of a Raheem Mostert type situation mm -hmm. right like especially those outside zone type runs and he just 
you know what I'm saying? He has to turn the corner because you see the explosiveness, right? Like the guy is obviously explosive. Now, is he, um, you know, the most stout back and, you know, thick lowers and everything like this? No, but I think he's a sprinter. Um, and you, you put him on the edges and find different ways to get him in those outside zone type runs, give him one cut, let him get vertical. And, and he, he's going to cook some, some defenders out there. So I just want to ask you real quick before we transition, where you at with Donovan Edwards? I like Donovan Edwards, man. Listen, six one, two ten, probably more close to the two hundred five, two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, yep. he, but he reminds me. Of, you brought Raheem mostly. He reminds me of Brees Hall. Whereas, in terms of like yep. that open field speed, that acceleration, that burst, but he's a runway type of runner. I feel like he's a little bit more patient coming out of college than Brees was in terms of handling uh, gap scheme runs, counters, pullers, like hide behind his guys until he hits daylight, right? But again, also he's a very talented receiver out of the backfield as well. So um, I, I think he reminds me a lot of Brees Hall in that in that regard. But I think he's a guy. I don't know if he declares, but I think it, for him in this running back class, I think he could be a day two pick where teams say, you know what, let me get this kid who who has a good enough NFL build, electric speed and acceleration, but he also can catch the football and make plays uh, in the long game, in the passing game. Um, and in space, I think that he could be a, a a nice impact for NFL offense. Yeah, no, it'll definitely be interesting to see what he does because obviously you want him to have more of a um, more of a resume, right? Like just more yeah. touches entering the NFL. But I, I think that I can. That's also a good him. thing. Let's tread on the yeah. tires. Yeah, right, they'll still find a way not to pay him DP. They'll find a way not to pay. No, him. they, they, won't, yeah, they don't care about it. <laughs> well, man, let's keep this thing going, man. We talked about all the stock up players, man. But what's the other side of the stock up? The stock got to it has to go down, man. We're going to talk about some of these players where the stock is down on them, man, heading into the 2024 NFL draft coming up next. Today's episode of Locked on NFL Draft has been brought to you by Prospects. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Guys, do you want to play alongside some of Prospects' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community players under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each and every week. Prospects even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Guys, tonight on Prize Picks, I am taking Jalen Suggs for the Orlando Magic for over 15 and a half points versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wool. So all you need to do is go to prospects.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Talk down, Keith. And I think for me, I, I got to go to to Washington's offensive line here. And and, and, and I, I saw it live. And then, you know, looking at some of the numbers, some of the, the numbers you know, via PFF, Keith. Right guard, Justin Buelo, six, dear God, six, eight. 313. Keith, I've never seen anybody be hit a you know receive a grade of a zero in anything on PFF. I've never seen it. He has a zero pass blocking grade. He was charted and charged for six pressures and six hurries. He was getting beat like a drum out there, Keith. But not only just him, there, and this was a guy I liked coming out. Now he's he's this is a guy that's probably not going to come out until probably next year. But their right tackle, Roger Rosengarten, 6'6, 300 pounds. Like he, I think he's like a red shirt sophomore, so he is draft eligible. 
and his tape up until this point was good. He had a good game against Texas, and then he, yeah, I mean, he was called for the fluky, which I didn't like the the call, the fluky holding call in the fourth quarter on a deep ball of Roma Dunze and stuff like that. That was a bull, that was a bull crap call. It was a bogus call, but he struggled, right? He struggled all night. The left guard, uh, Nate Kelpo, Nate Kelpo, that's what it was, 6'6", 330. That was the guy that Kenneth Grant walked into the ground, put him on his back, and got the sack in the, in deep in the backfield on Michael Penix. The offensive line outside of Troy was abysmal. They were absolutely yeah. abysmal, Keith, and it was just really rough to see and watch a team that, like, an offensive line had played really good ball all season. So I, I, those are some of the guys for me that stock is down. Even if they don't declare for the 2024 NFL draft, it's still a, mo- a momentum thing going into the 2024 college football season. This, th- this is a type of performance that will resonate and be in their minds, and they have to know how to figure out how to use it as fuel because this is something that, that's going to linger for months. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Matter of fact, DP, that matchup simply, that dictated the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that if they had cleaner pockets, right, then Michael Penix may have been able to make more throws in the game, right? Like that that's what he does. He's standing in the pocket, he's gonna deliver the rock, he's gonna make those high-level throws. I it just felt like they got pressure, the O-line didn't hold up, and then from the very beginning, it, it just threw off Penix's clock, right? Which threw off the rest of his offense, which resulted in everything being bad, DP. And then I'll be honest, yeah. like you for the stock down, it's like you almost and I hate to be that type of reactionary, right? But you almost want to throw the whole Washington offense into the stock down situation just from the perspective of nobody played well, to be completely honest, DP. And I'm gonna slow this thing down real quick. And I'm gonna put it on because we, we talked about one big name of Washington. And like I said, we we have to be fair in these in this conversation. I want to talk about Rome. Um because I know he had the big play. Like what? One was negated for a holding penalty, yeah. right? And then one he did complete, and then one Penix missed him early in the game, right? The double move on a blown coverage. And so I look at the stats, right? He finished five for eighty-seven um, with a long of forty-four yards, right? So that means probably four for forty-four yards if you look at the other one. I want to ask you, DP, because this is kind of where I'm at with it. I want to ask you how you feel. I'm kind of – I don't even know if I feel the same way. But do you know going into last year's draft and we had a conversation about Jordan Addison, right? And it was like, mm-hmm. don't know if he's a number one, would be a great number two. And that played out exactly for Jordan Addison as he was able to do some different things. And then yeah. also being a good offense, right? Movement offense, doesn't have to get pressed, can line up in the slot, do a bunch of different things. Um, I'm kind of situation-based with Roma Dunze, DP. I, I do think there's some variance for what you're going to get out as far as results Um, because what I watched last night, and I still want to jump all the way into the All-22 game, is that I don't know the athleticism is going to allow him to be dominant. I think he's going to win with route running, IQ, zone defenses, in the slot, things like that. But I don't know if he's your one-on-one, got to have it, I need a big play, and I'm gonna just throw the ball to you. Like that, yeah. that's the part that I have a question mark about. So that game last night was tough because and, and go blue, all right. Michigan fans, go blue. All right. I, I want to preface that before I say this. Will Johnson oh, yeah. was out there holding like he was on a freaking roller coaster. All right. Like it was so many uncalled, like his hand is was inside the, the actual 
like shoulder pad sometimes, shoulder pad, where it's just like Rome is just throwing his hands up, like ref, like what are we doing? Like you can't be this handsy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can grab, tussle with the jersey. He was getting his hands in there, like, yeah, no, I'm not letting you get free from me. And I think that 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 and of course the misses, because if he's charged, if he gets the if the, the holding penalty that wasn't a hold was not called, that's a 40-yard bomb, right? If they connect on the other one, that's a touchdown. You know what I mean? That and on that play, it looked like it was a it, it looked like a miscommunication where I think I don't know if Rome was supposed to run a corner. But he realized, like, I'm scot-free, and he just converted mm-hmm. to a vertical. And then Penix was like – and the crazy thing, Penix was not pressured. So Penix was like, oh, I'm going to throw it to where you're supposed to be at. And yeah, it just it looked like a, a miscommunication between I, yeah, those. It, it was wrong shoulder. Like, whatever it was, they were just on two different pages. Yeah, it was, he threw and, it over the, the, the right, the outside shoulder, said throwing it up the field. It just they, – they looked like they were on two different playing fields at yeah, that yeah. particular moment. But I do think that he has uh wide receiver one upside, Keith. When he does, you know, with his frame, like, you know, because one of the big things we talked about with Addison was like, well, he's not the biggest guy. He's not going to really beat press coverage like that, which, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't even do anything. He did, did some a little bit in the NFL, but most of the time he was kind of like motion around, kept off the line, stuff like that. I think Rome, because even all season, he was a guy that Penix looked to one-on-one. And he yep. dominated th- those opportunities. And it was just in this game where the whistle wasn't going your way. Like, you guys are off track, out of sync, and it just looked bad all around. So um I, I do think he's he's got caliber. He has the the tools, whether it's the build-up speed, the leaping ability, the ball skills, but the improved strength and then the NFL size to play and then the route running and smoothness to his game where he could be a high-volume wide receiver one. Um He may not be that right out the gate, but I think he can become that. You think he could develop into? Okay, no, I, I think that's fair. And I just thought, you know, we just had a conversation, right? Because yeah. we talk about star power, national championship. We talked about Michael Penix. Talk about the star wide receiver. We talked about Troy Fontenot, right? And like we said, with everything with Washington, man, I thought it was just an out of sync situation. But DP, I'll tell you this, man, it was not out of sync. Is this locked Wait, on? Keep, okay, I, I say hold on. We almost out of sync. It. Let's talk about it. We're weird. Stock down. JJ McCarthy. Stock down. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. He, I, I put on the YouTube thumbnail when we previewed the national championship game. Is he ready? The que- the answer is no. Like, he's not ready for the NFL yet. I think that there's, like, he's a guy that if you do draft him, yeah, we're going to have this conversation more in depth, but you're going to have to have yeah. him sit. Behind the veteran man, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to get ready in this Michigan offense. I just no, don't like uh-uh. even. And I and I tweeted this during the game, right? And what happened is, is I I don't know the the, the coach's thought process, but. Last year, and we, we consistently talked about this on the podcast, they did not throw the football at all until they got into a shootout with TCU and J.J. McCarthy threw the rock all over the, all over the field looking like a first-rounder, right? It was like, why don't you do that more? This year, they did the same thing, didn't throw the football, did not throw the football, not in any high-leverage moments, and it felt like they waited to this moment to try to start throwing the football, but everything looked out of sync, right? Like the throws to Cornelius Johnson, it just like – you have to practice stuff to get better at it, right? And they don't practice it. Like when you go an entire half without running the football against, I mean, throwing the football against Penn State because it's a high leverage moment, you're just getting out of there. Guess what happened? It shows up in the national championship. Now, mind you, y'all won the national championship, right? But let that have been, I couldn't help myself but think if this was Florida State, if this was potentially Texas, if this was LSU, right? Y'all would have had more pressure on yourselves to be able to have to run i mean to to score right to be able to score and have to pass the football so i'm i'm 
I'm with you with the stock down. I just don't know where to go with him, right? Like, if, if yeah. I'm if I'm advising J.J. McCarthy, I'm like, you ask me, hey, am I draft ready? My answer going to be, might as well. Yeah. Because if you stay yeah. here, I'm going to say might as well. Because if you stay here, you're going to do the same thing, right? You might as well just, just try it. Or transfer, right? Go somewhere where they're going to let yeah. you throw the football, run with your legs, things like that. I just think that he, he profiles so close to Ryan Tannehill. Just the, the same exact thing where we didn't know much about Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. Remember that? Because Ryan Tannehill was a wide receiver. Wide receiver. Right? It was just like, yes. Then it was just like somebody came up and said, hey, you know this guy could play quarterback. And then he just got drafted to the NFL as a quarterback, right? So it was just – it was crazy, man. It was crazy. But, man, DP, I want to wrap up that show, man. I, I thought that was a really good show. We had some really good conversations, man. Like we say, this draft season – over here at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. And I want to say shout out to our everyday. Thank you for tapping in with us each and every single day at the top of the show. I told you to like. I told you to comment. I told you to subscribe. I'm just reminding you, man. If you didn't like, if you didn't comment, go ahead and subscribe, man. Let's talk about it. We like talking back over here on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, man. I am Keith Sanchez. You can find me on X at the Talent Code. That is DP Damian Parson, man. You can find him on X at DP underscore NFL. And like we always like to say, Y'all talk to us because we like to talk back. Listen, guys, all you need to do is very simple. Go and subscribe and follow for free or wherever you listen to podcasts, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is. Go subscribe um, to the channel and, and to the uh, and to those platforms so that you can be updated and receive these, these episodes as soon as they drop. All right. Thank you for making Locked On Infield Draft your first listen today and every day. Shout for being our everyday as we have Senior Bowl scouting. Rest of this week, we're getting into that, talking about some more of these players that are going to the Senior Bowl. All right. So come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.